welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? That's going pretty good. Yeah, if you're a fantasy football champion, you're feeling really good about today. Specifically, if you're a dynasty fantasy football champion, because that means it's mostly you and not dumb luck. Right. Well, you still need dumb luck involved, but... Playoffs in general are mostly dumb luck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just seeding's luck. I mean, how many how many people out there are like, hey, if I would have just been a three just seed, this I would have won the whole I, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of those. It's, but my year's cursed. So I do, I, this is the first time in literally forever that I did not win a fantasy football championship. I've got I got one so far this year. There's a second one that it depends on tonight on how Rodgers and, and uh, Adams do. Well, good luck to you tonight. Yes, indeed. I'm, a, I'm over this year. Yep. You're over too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really disappointing year. But, yeah, I, we talked about it in depth. We're not talking about that today, though. Today we are talking about, since it's the end of the year, the first annual Dynasty Nerds Award Show. Uh, so, basically, me, Garrett, and Matt all voted. We had no idea who other people were voting for, for each category. And uh, we came away with our uh, winners. And we're going to talk about it a little bit here, not in depth, but kind of give our analysis why we picked this player and uh, next year we decided since we don't we won't have any ties we're going to do it uh, amongst our entire staff. We'll set the we'll send the show sheet out a week beforehand and get all their votes and tallied up because we do have some ties here and we do have some unanimous winners and we just have some plain sight winners with some second place guys. Yeah. So let's get into the first Dynasty Nerds annual award show for the Dynasty Fantasy Football season. We're going to start off with uh the biggest surprise of the year. When it comes to dynasty fantasy football, and we have a three-way tie here, we have the winners are Austin Eckler, right. Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. and Devonte Parker. Ew. Now, one of three of these things makes no sense whatsoever, in my <laughs> eyes. I'm not gonna say who's who voted for this person, but it wasn't me. It was Chris Godwin. It was in, it's, it's, Chris, it's Godwin. Chris Godwin in your eyes, and I voted for him because he was the biggest surprise to me. Okay. And it's fair because this is your nomination. This is my nomination. It was it was a guy I wasn't extremely high on at the beginning of the year, and he and he finished as you know wide receiver two. So that's that's a pretty big surprise in my eyes. It's a pretty good finish. Yeah. Uh, overall, I mean, if you finish as like a wide receiver one, that's really good. If you finish as a wide receiver number two overall, that's really good. That's really like, good. Yep. Definitely, if you're like really young, that's like a d- dynasty like franchise piece right Absolutely. there. Um, the reason I wouldn't even think about Godwin is just because there's so much hype about Godwin going into the season that to me it wasn't really a big surprise. Right, but I wasn't buying it, so that's why it was surprised to me. Okay. Garrett, you you chose Austin Eckler, which is definitely yeah. not a bad one. Yeah, Eckler was was interesting because I think most people expected him to do all right during the beginning of the season, but I don't think anybody expected him to do that well. And then when Melvin Gordon came back, he was still really good. He's running back three right now overall. Like the over under on where Austin Eckler probably would have ranked on the on the season for most people, uh, preseason people would have maybe said like, okay, over under like top fifteen or something mm-hmm. like that. So for him to be a top three running back, I think says a lot about his ability. And that that he was who I originally had in here, and I scratched him out once I saw how good that uh, good one. Had Godwin, Godwin had actually done. Yeah, I mean, Eckler finishing 
uh, almost what eight points, nine points above Austin Eckler or behind Austin Eckler, both playing in 15 games and with Eckler sharing the load with Melvin Gordon after, you know, the second half of the season is pretty surprising. You know, mine definitely is going to be Devontae Parker. Finishes wide receiver 13 right now on the year. Uh, Gets that contract extension. No, I mean, Parker was dead, dead for rights in a while. For sure. I was never going to quit Devontae Parker because I I was always a fan. So even this surprised me. You know, gives you Corey Davis people a little bit to hold on to, a little bit more uh, hope that players can turn on in four years or five years, the fifth year breakout. So to me, it was Devontae Parker. So there's no unanimous winner here. All somewhat of a surprise. Well, two out of three were somewhat of a surprise. But we go from not much of a surprise, somewhat of a surprise, to a big surprise. Ta-da. From your standpoint. From, right? my, <laughs> from my perspective. Yeah, from Justin. From my, my perspective. <laughs> and clearly, all the other people were the biggest surprise to each of us. So here we go. Moving on. <laughs> if we had to, if we had to vote <laughs> on the biggest surprise, <laughs> the award goes to no. Just kidding. Yeah. So it's all three of our surprises here. Um, obviously, if you had to pick one of those guys for the future, it's definitely going to be Chris Godwin sure. uh, for your dynasty team. But with Melvin Gordon possibly moving on with the LA Chargers, I mean Eckler's still one of those guys. It's going to be real interesting what they do by the draft or free agency. Sure. Because this is a guy where you go out and spend for, and it turns out he is the guy next year, which I don't know why he would not be. He um, should. And that's great value. But even worst case, they bring another guy. He's always been the number two and still produces running back one number. So it's 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 a win-win. Right. So, I mean, talking about – so Eckler probably finishes down as just like a really good value when it comes to a buy. Absolutely. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to another category. So not the biggest surprise. The biggest disappointment – on the year. The winner of this award is Juju Smith Schuster for the Pittsburgh Steelers with a second place finish by Andrew Luck. Um, I think Luck's pretty self-explanatory. Matt, that was your vote. That was my vote. And, you know, obviously you guys probably just forgot about him, but I was pretty hyped about this guy and he just retired before the year started. So that's pretty disappointing. Yeah. If you're in a super flex league or you're in any league whatsoever that relied on Andrew Luck, I mean, talk about disappointment for sure. Uh, you know, Juju was a disappointment, but luck, luck didn't even show up. <laughs> like, didn't even make it. Oh, he disappeared. Poof. Was it perfectly healthy? Well, I won't say I that. Say, yeah, yeah, I won't say that. But just disappeared. Dude. Juju, yeah, Juju's the winner here for this award. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players you could probably fit into this category, but the biggest disappointment to me and Garrett, obviously, you voted this as well, was Juju Smith-Schuster as a guy that people were pegging. Some people had Juju as their number one wide receiver for yeah. in Dynasty. Well, number one. And and age had a lot to do with it, and, and he had been crazy productive the past two seasons. So I get why people had that. He was more at like six or seven for me, but I understand the rationale behind it. So, I mean, if you if you were in a re – or you were starting your, your Dynasty last season, your startup draft, and you took him – uh, in the first round with, you know, one of your top five, six, seven selections, you're pretty frustrated right now. And, and that could be one of those crippling picks. Like if, right. if he just ends up being set a, you back a, years. a disappointment going forward. Yeah, exactly. He'll set you back years and years. And We've years. talked about this over a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Like even Juju this week coming back didn't look that great. Nope. Uh, you know, dropping balls, not, you know, still his route run is not where it is. So this is one of those guys where I am concerned and then I know we talked about it extensively, but I know Juju's coming back, right? 
uh, our big Ben's coming back, which is going to help. But I'm still worried about James Washington, Deontay Johnson being in the mix there. And big Ben's going to make a world of difference, but we still have to overcome that one big question, which was what, which was the big question going into this season was how is Juju going to perform without Antonio Brown, without having that number one all pro receiver opposite of him. Yep. And right now it's fair to say that, okay, well, big Ben's not there. Um, it's still fair to say that's that's going to be the big question after rebound because right now Juju, if you were a dynasty startup, would not be the number one receiver. No, he probably wouldn't be a top six pick because how are you going to invest in that with that big of a question mark? It, a guy coming off a bad year, he might not even make top twelve. Honestly, like you might not even draft him as your wide receiver one at this point. I wouldn't. He'd be somebody I would pass on. Yeah. Like it had to be the, the value had to be insane value. There's just two other guys. Like I mean, just looking at guys ahead of him, like guys like Chris Godwin. Yeah. You know, which is, it's crazy to say, you know, guy, like we, t- we talked about AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin, right? Like, would you take those guys over Juju right now in a startup? Probably uh, not from draft spot, but you're better off just waiting till those guys would roll close. around. It's really close for me to be honest, but I, I'm a huge fan of both of those players. So to me, biggest ju- disappointment is Juju. Biggest question mark. Uh, hopefully next year he'll be on one of our categories, which is a rebound player of the year. But right now, Juju Smith-Schuster is not looking good. And it's not just because of injury. It's because even when he's on the field, he is not looking good. And that's my biggest concern with Juju. Um, one-year wonder is our next award. Uh, one-year wonder is going to be somebody who performed this year. And that's it. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Uh, thanks for coming. Your name is on the fantasy uh, map. It was etched in stone for the 2019 season. Thanks for stopping by. Um, hope the rest of your life is working going to work out well for you. Hope you invest well. Um, the winner of this award is Raheem Mostert. Uh, he got two out of the three votes. Second place finish comes from Darren Waller. Um, that's that's Matt again on the outside looking in. Uh, Matt picked Darren Waller. Matt, why did you pick Darren Waller real quick? I mean, I could just see this. This guy kind of came out of nowhere, a twenty-seven-year-old guy. I know that he he obviously got a contract extension and all that, and he very well could be around for a few years. But he's a guy that I could just as easily see being poof, disappearing. I mean, falling back that like wide falling, receiver nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Exactly. Range. I think there's a lot of young guys that are that are you know going to be taking a big step forward. Sure. I mean, if Hunter Henry and and some of the Evan Ingram and some of these guys like stay healthy. Along with an Ian Thomas, I mean, there's Goddard, just a yeah, Goddard. Key. There's just a lot of guys below him, and I could see him getting pushed right out of the the tight end one. Yeah, if you're going equation. for a, like a big name, this is a hard category to fill out. And if you're going it for was. a big name, I actually thought about going Waller too. And I know Garrett, you mentioned you thought about yep. going Waller too because he finishes tight end number four overall with 204.4 points in PPR leagues. And again, if you're talking about somebody who's going to drop back down here and not be as relevant. Uh, down that like Jason Witten range, you're talking about almost a 70 point differential when it comes to points. And the only the reason I hesitated was, you know, that this Oakland offense now for under John Gruden for multiple years with two different tight ends has produced yep. the number four overall tight end. Yep. So right now that's his average is producing number four overall tight end. So this offense just streamlines the tight end position. There is no number one receiver out there. Tyrell Williams will be a future number two. They got Hunter Renfro, but look for them to draft or sign a guy this offseason when they join Las Vegas, become the Las Vegas Raiders. Absolutely. So to me, he's still he's still relevant to me. Raheem Mostert, the winner, though, is somebody it's kind of like a scapegoat kind of nominee because he's somebody who's sure. been real relevant these last couple months. Uh, but next year, 
we can see the 49ers drafting a guy. Yep. They can have Matt Breida coming back to be the guy. They somehow might magically bring back Tevin Coleman, which I don't see happening. And who knows if they actually do bring back Jarek McKinnon, just so maybe Kyle Shanahan can try and prove a point. Like, this is why I gave him $15 million. <laughs> he was making the fourth most running back money in the NFL. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> Rich loved him. He was his best buy guy. And then for two years, he never got on the up. field. So Rami E. Moser is uh, not a big name, but a name that will all forget, be forgotten by the 2021 season. Oh, and you you were starting him in your fantasy playoffs. Like, you needed him these past few weeks if, if you had him on your team. So he was very important, you know, from, you know, mid to late November on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on, Mr. Plateau. Now, Mr. Plateau is somebody that, okay, yeah, he just, this guy is what he is. Uh, we don't see a large ceiling for growth. If you're, this is a player you're looking to get more from in the future years, uh, we're just not buying it because we believe he has plateaued. And we actually have a three way tie here for first place. So I want to congratulate first all three winners for Everyone's being a winner. winner. Uh, congratulations. You guys are all going to feel good to come up here and, on the stage and talk about your uh, plateauness. Uh, Todd Gurley, Tyler Boyd, and Michael Gallup. So, Garrett, you picked Todd Gurley. Yep. Which seems fair because now, you know, you went from dynamite stud for two years, you know, top three dynasty startup pick to, all right, well, do I even want to start him this week? Yeah, it's it's weird what's happened. We, we kind of saw it coming with all the injury stuff and the knee stuff and how much they utilize, you know, CJ Anderson and how look, good he looked at the end of last season. And I think this is just what he is now. I don't think he's as electric and as dynamic. I don't think he's as much of a focal point in the offense. But I think he's still relevant because there is enough volume and there is raw talent in his game that he is still going to be that low-end RB1, high-end RB2 for probably the next two to three seasons. And so... I think the days of him being a top three running back are gone, but I don't think he's just going to fade away into nothingness either and and not not be seen from ever again. So I think, you know, for the next two or three seasons, you're going to be happy. He's going to be, you know, kind of the, you know, I'm trying to think of a guy that's kind of been in that range for a while, like a Mark Ingram, where it's just kind of like, yeah, he's, he's fine. Like, that, that's what he is. He's a running back too. He's running back 18 on the year. Uh, I like the plateauness of him here because I do think that's what he's going to be going forward. The only biggest thing is me as a Gurley owner is, you know, one, the good news is they can't even get out from Gurley till 2022. So he's there for this year he's and the next year. Yep. So he's there. But he's definitely somebody where when you enter that, like I'm hoping in somehow, some way next year, like he's somehow relevant. So when this playoff trade deadline push comes, I can sell. Because I could easily see what happened to David Johnson. Happened to Todd Gurley. They invest a draft pick. They get him. He gets going. And they don't care how much they're paying him because he's not doing anything. Right. And they're going to let somebody like Kenyon Drake go ahead and play. So I can see them drafting a guy, definitely some of this class, or even a 2021 class, and they come out. And then here we are in 2021, and Gurley's still getting paid top 10 bat money, top five money. But he's just not getting on the field because the knee's just not there. But hopefully he is still there because they do kind of – rest him and they'd use him in this role so sure. he is someone healthy matt you picked tyler boyd yeah tyler boyd I, I mean i think there was some some high hopes for this guy coming into the year uh you know he had just gotten a contract extension and you know the aj green injury and everything but the guy he, he ends up as, as wide receiver 23 
you know, which is obviously, you know, low end uh, wide receiver to, to, you know, range. I think he might be able to get into the mid uh, wide receiver two range, but I just think that's what he is. I don't think he's ever going to be anything. He's not going to be a high end um, wide receiver two for years to come or anything like right. that. I think he's just going to kind of be floating right there in the middle of wide receiver two to the bottom of the wide receiver two tier. Which doesn't even make him a, a bad own it's just you know this is what he is with with whether he's the guy AJ Greenser his high ceiling here is gonna be for the next couple of years Madden visions and I'm not away from that too like a wide receiver too uh Joe Barone coming in is gonna help absolutely situation which I which is actually why I think help maintains him as a wide receiver too my my pick was Michael Gallup uh wide receiver 27 on a year which puts him right outside that wide receiver two range and that's what I kind of see Gallup as you know um We'll see what they do with Amari Cooper, but I still see him as that high-end wide receiver two with some wide receiver or high-end wide receiver three with some possible wide receiver two finishes. To me, it just boils down to his drops, right? Like it's somebody who drops them all as much as Gallup does will never be that high-end wide receiver one. And maybe he sneaks in there one year because like Amari goes down and they just have this awesome year and he scores all these touchdowns, like one of those fake years. Or then sure. he, he wins that fake, fake award, you know? Uh, but for me, it's just somebody that, well, there's a lot of hype there on Gallup. He's a nice receiver. And again, this is, he, I still think he's a viable dynasty option. Is yeah. a great wide receiver three to have. Definitely when you're high in wide receiver three, like wide receiver 27. But to me, that's what he is. There's no high upside here for Gallup. I don't think all of a sudden his hands are going to get significantly better. I don't think he'll ever be the number one receiver there in Dallas ever. Uh, so to me, that's what he is, wide receiver three. Yeah. What, what, what if in this scenario they – they have to franchise tag Amari Cooper this one year, and then Michael Gallup kind of just shows more next year, and 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 they they show Amari the door. Then I'll definitely be wrong. Okay, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I could I I could see that scenario playing itself out. That's that's it's, why I asked. I don't know. I I don't see him franchising Amari Cooper. I mean, they bench they they benched Amari Cooper yesterday when it was well, fourth I, down. They well, pulled I, him off the field. I and, don't think he's right though. And either. Amari Cooper's got. I just saw a stat yesterday. Amari Cooper's got the most drops in the NFL over which the last is, couple which of years. Is weird. Well, I mean, is it weird? I mean, he's shown in the past that yeah. he, that he has that in his game. I mean, you know what I mean. I, Oakland, it was terrible his drops, and we thought maybe it was just Oakland, and it was. I think it's more weird because the college tape did not show that, that that's whatsoever. What, that's what I. That's what I was thinking was in college that was not his forte. Like he was not a guy that was like you know suspect hands. Right. No, absolutely. But well, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't Oakland, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, back in college, Sonny Michelle used to be super sweet. You know what I mean? That's so it's true. like when you get to NFL, that's this is it really comes down to it doesn't matter what you did in college after a certain point. It matters what you do in the NFL because things change. And right now, Amari Cooper's still a dynamic route runner. But like, you know, like my gob, if you can't hold on to the football, then there's concern there. I mean, you could argue when we do our biggest sells, Amari Cooper could be one of the biggest sells. Because sure. I would hate to see him on his third team. That's never good. Well, and and to add to the 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 plateau that you were talking about for Michael Gallup, though, uh, we we don't know who's going to be there next season. It's definitely not going to be Jason Garrett. So, what coach is going to be in there? What kind of offense are they going to run? It could be a boost, but it could be a pretty big negative as yeah, well. Yeah, I could definitely see Urban Meyer run the crap out of Zeke Elliott and run the whole offense around him, which is like what most teams like that should do. Yeah. Uh, so we have a three way tie there again for Todd Gurley, Michael Gallup, and Tyler Boyd. Now. Comeback player of the year. Baby, come back. We have a winner. There's no three-way tie here. We have a winner. That winner is Allen Robinson with a second-place finish by Dalvin Cook. And I know Matt said you picked Dalvin Cook there, but you were kind of hung up on it because you're like, you don't know if it's a breakout year or a comeback year. Right. Um, which I'm, more so would be probably the 
breakout year? I I guess. I mean, he he showed flashes, got injured, you know, showed something, you know, and then boom, he's finally healthy, you know, for a good portion of the year and kind of kind of blew up. So yeah, if it was based on how he was rated, then it would be a comeback for sure. But if it was based on like what he actually did, then it would be a breakout. And that's exactly the internal yeah. struggle I was having. Yeah, it so. makes perfect sense. Yeah, so the winner of the award is definitely going to be. Um, is going to be Allen Robinson here. Allen Robinson finishes a year as wide receiver number five overall right now. As of right now, he's wide receiver number five overall. We, this is something we talked about when we talked about Mitch Trubisky, Matt. Remember we were talking about him as a really good buy, how this whole offense with Anthony Miller taking a step forward. Hopefully if David Montgomery can come in there and they get a tight end and booster up that offensive line, it's going to help. But Allen Robinson still one of those guys people kind of poo-poo on. You know, the big question was like, was that one year in Jacksonville just a one-year wonder? But he's still shown for a guy for his size, his route running, and his hands are really good. And in the contested catches and stuff is really what he's shown this year, so... Which is which is great for him in his future, and this is a receiver who, at the time when he signed, was making you know still at sixteen million dollars a year. It's a massive contract, but going forward, this is a guy who's going to be under contract. That's a, for a number one receiver, really, really reasonable contract. Absolutely, I think he's he's not going anywhere for the next what two three years here. He's going to be no. in Chicago with the option to get another big contract after that. So. Allen Robinson is one of those guys who, again, wide receiver five. When we talk about these big number one receivers who are about 26 years old, 27 years old, that people are going to want, Allen Robinson kind of falls by the wayside. So when we're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster earlier and Allen Robinson, if I went out here and put a tweet out there and said, oh, man, startup draft, I'm taking Allen Robinson over Juju, I could just see the hate for sure flowing in flowing in and people are like oh why because juju had one year i'm like well you know juju had like a good really good like year and a half right with with antonio brown i didn't love his college tape but i've admitted i was wrong on him uh kind of like i was wrong on aj brown and i could just see some you know i could just see that just not getting better like everything we mentioned before and i would just rather have alan robinson but i if you put a poll who would you rather have in dynasty alan robinson alan robinson or juju it'd be a huge huge sway to juju probably and to me again you gotta be risque sometimes but if you're doing a dynasty startup a dynasty startup that pick those first three picks are so crucial because the talent just the floor just falls out from under you after you get to like the fourth round you're just like oh my god who are these players i don't want them forever like i can have these guys forever you know the first couple of picks you're like yeah i got yeah lock him up i got chris godwin forever you know i got saquon barkley's entire career this is great i'm gonna win so many championships and you get around four and you're like mm. oh man i guess i guess i'll take uh robert woods here yeah <laughs> i mean forever i mean i like robert woods so it's not terrible that's where you start getting that right, range right so to me right now if you if you put a gun to my head and you said take alan robinson or take juju i'm taking alan robinson i am too and i love to see guys that produce good numbers despite poor poor circumstances. Like, this is not a good offense right now. They are not playing well. Mitch Trubisky has been one of the bigger disappointments as well this, this season, and yet he's still putting up these kinds of numbers. Imagine if he actually gets competent quarterback play, whether that's Trubisky finally becoming what we hoped he could be or them you know, getting a rookie or a free agent quarterback to come in there and take the job. But if if that situation improves, he's going to really, really be a valuable asset. Well, Allen Robinson, the winner of the Comeback Player of the Year. Let's move on to the Rookie of the Year. Another unanimous, not a unanimous, but another winner. Uh, I picked Terry McLaurin. 
And the winner of the award, though, is A.J. Brown, which is completely fair. A.J., yeah, of course. He's looked so good. And this this is only confirming what I need to make sure that I do this offseason is talent over situation. Situation does play a role. It absolutely plays a role. And, I, and it's not that we disregard it completely. However, typically, situations change. Players' talent and ability does not change. That's that's so true, and I love it when things come full circle like this. You know, I had AJ Brown at the at the very beginning of the yep. process, my Me number too. one guy. I let some things get in the way. He bumped out not not a lot. He's still pretty high on my board there. Um, but then obviously the whole rookie season comes around, and there he is sitting right back on top of the perch, right for the rookies. Um, so AJ Brown, you know, obviously. Didn't have the start of the season that everyone had hoped. Um, if if you were a big AJ Brown fan, but but throughout the whole year progressed and still flashed even early, and and then towards the end of the year, he's just shown consistently that that he deserves to be rookie of the year. Yeah, eyes. we said it all the time. What Garrett just said before even Garrett joined the podcast, like we should never let uh, draft land spot totally ruin somebody down. I mean, Dallas Goddard was proof of that. Uh, AJ Nick Brown Chubb. this year, Nick Chubb. Uh, well, Nick Chubb, we were always concerned come with that knee injury. Like if he sure. had explosive enough to get outside, but which he of, has. Part of it was, uh, you know, oh, Carlos Hyde's there. Like who's Carlos Hyde? Who cares? Oh, you know, he's a uh, he's a thousand yard rusher this year for the Houston Texans for the first time in his life. Well, Nick Chubb's so, the lead lead rusher. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm just saying. So, <laughs> I mean, AJ Brown for me was somebody that I was never big on in this whole process. Like I thought he was good. I just didn't think he was great. I always thought he was just me like, okay, you know, I didn't see what you guys saw. I, I said on the podcast, I was like, I just don't see what you guys see to me. There's nothing that like he does that explodes on tape. And Matt, you said, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like he's my number one receiver, I think at this point. And you loved him too. Mm-hmm. And right now he's everybody's favorite receiver, which is crazy to me. Cause I still have Terry McLaurin as number one. Cause he's it's just more explosive to me. to me. He's more dynamic route runner. Uh, I just see him. That's the guy I want. For what you, you know? would have to pay, I would much rather have McLaren. Because I, I think they should be, the price tag should be very comparable for the two. And I don't think it is right now. Oh, A.J. Brown would probably go in the second round of a, a startup. He a really might. Startup. He really might. That's, that's where he is. Or high third. And that's really good value. Definitely for an uncertain quarterback situation. Uh, the good thing is the system will be right. Because the same system will be there. Because Mike Vrabel right. is not going anywhere. And I... I I admit, man, AJ Brown is definitely a fair rookie of the year here. I mean, we could have had Josh Jacobs. We've been talking about Josh Jacobs yeah. here as well. So to me, Terry McLaurin, Josh Jacobs, and AJ Brown are all fair. And I think AJ Brown wins because of the recency bias of what sure. he's done. And I would still, my vote was Terry just because of what he's done throughout the whole entire year. Like he's produced sure. throughout the whole year. AJ Brown's come on the last six weeks yeah. or so. Um, but if you had to pick one guy going future, if we did a dynasty, if we did that dynasty redraft rookie redraft again, now, I mean, you'd be talking AJ Brown's the number. We had Debo's number two at that time. Mm-hmm. AJ Brown, would probably the number two overall selected player. So if we were to redo that now, just weeks later, it's already changing. And that's true. And that's the thing, you know, when people get on Twitter or talk dynasty and you know, they'll, they'll say, well, you said this on a podcast like a month ago, it's like, dude. Like, don't hold me to my value. Like, things change. And sometimes they'll, 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 they, at the same time, it's opposite where you get that locked in bias. You know, sure. people are like, oh, well, Rich refuses to change his opinion. I mean, a lot of times it's not for show. It's just because I believe in something and I'm, I'm going to stay with it. Like, it's until the wheels fall off, you know, like sure. Derrick Henry. And sometimes you get proven in the future. I, I don't, I don't fall for that recency bias ever. Like, I need, still need to see it long term. Cause then, now what if Juju just falls off the face of the earth, right? That'd be crazy. 
But that, I go back and be like, oh, I was right all <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of how I feel about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Like, yeah, things haven't been super great this year. I still really like the kid. I'm still buying him everywhere. It's only his rookie season. Oh, people and people give you that shit all the time. People oh, are like, oh, all the time. oh, well, you like Hakeem Butler. It's like, dude, Hakeem Butler was on IR all year, and right. let me just see. Can we just see how his career plays out? Right. Can I get two more years on him? It's right. just... This is dynasty fantasy football. Chris Godwin didn't break out till this year. This was his third season. Like he looked like a nothing his first season and eh, his second season, and now he's he's a stud. Chark, rookie year last year wasn't anything. Now he's top fifteen guy, top sixteen guy. Like yeah, especially with these receivers, you got to give them some time. We're not Matthew Berry. We're not here breaking down stuff for your redraft team. We're looking at this as a dynasty perspective, long-term value. Again, so when I poop on Derrick Henry, it's not because I don't think Derrick Henry is a bad running back. When he came out, I never said Derrick Henry was an actual bad running back, ever. I mean, it's the Heisman one. I always said, he, I just don't think he's going to be a great fantasy sure. producer. Yes, this year he produced. He's running back number seven overall. But even then, that's a good number. But it's like people are talking about Derrick Henry like he's the greatest thing ever. So to me, it's just about long-term value. We play dynasty fantasy football. If I want a substitute teacher in to ring him in and give me the high five, we're going to be talking about guys like Raheem Mostert. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the guys that you can get in flex and play. And for me, and actually last week, Raheem Mostert was more valuable than Derrick Henry because it wasn't even there for your championship game. But again, Henry's had a good year. So I look at guys long-term. And A.J. Brown, something I'm excited for long-term. Terry McLaurin, something I'm excited for long-term. This whole rookie class in general... Especially the receivers. I'm excited for long-term. This class actually turned out to be a very exciting class. I mean, and we haven't even seen some of the higher picks even kind of like translate into production yet. Guys like TJ Hawkinson. Noah Fant looks better than um, where his draft status went into it. Paris Campbell, yeah. Paris Campbell hasn't even gotten the field. Harry. Essentially less. Nikhil Harry hasn't got anything. Uh, David Montgomery essentially hasn't done anything. Still has a chance to grow into his own. And now we have late season surges from guys like AJ Brown, Miles uh, Sanders. Miles Sanders yeah, looks he's had a good couple of weeks. Miles Sanders looks absolutely fantastic. Yep. If at any point in the season you went out and bought Miles Sanders, kudos to you. And he might be still a, well. That price tag has gone up significantly. It's gone up a lot the past two weeks. But again, that might be a really good buy if you can get it because that's what we saw to Miles Sanders, a pass catcher running back that can. You know, run between the tackles, run outside the tackles, and catch the ball well. And right now, he's really striving like out there in Philly. If they can get a number one receiver to offset in that offense and give Carson Wentz that guy to actually help Carson Wentz, that's also going to help a guy like Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders could be a running back one next year. It's, it's in the realm of possibility, absolutely. It, it's in some years if we're going second half, if we're going second half surges like we're talking about AJ Brown, Miles Sanders is in that mix too. If we're absolutely. talking rookie of the year, absolutely. So that's why I didn't vote for AJ Brown just because of. The whole year thing. Sure. I gave my vote to Terry McLaren. Um, let's go. Let's talk about not rookie of the year. Let's talk senior of the year. Now to classify as senior of the year, you must be 30 years old or older, which is in dynasty, the big red flag. You want to, you don't want a lot of 30 year old players. Nope. Even though we always like to have, like, unless Matt, they're quarterbacks. Well, yeah, unless they're quarterbacks. So man, I always talked about it. Like we always like people like, Oh, if you're over 30, can be my roster. Like we always say in dynasty, it's good. The best dynasty roster possible is to have a really good fluid roster. You have a couple 30-year-old players you're starting, a couple 25-year-old players you're starting, and then some rookie guys that, you know, second, third-year players that you really like as well. You got to have a mix. Absolutely, yeah. man. That's how you keep that team flowing and competitive for years and years going. You know, when you have an all-old team, you're going to fall off a cliff. When you have an all-young team, you're most likely just going to whiff and fail, period, because they're all not going to pan out. They're just not a consistent. They're usually not consistent enough to have them all. You know? Correct. So... Senior of the year. 
Now, what's funny about all of her picks is they all are just 30. They all are like barely made it. <laughs> just turned 30. So they're young, they're young old guys. And we have a we have a three-way tie for first year too. <laughs> the winners of this year's senior award is next year we won't have ties because we're gonna give this out to our writers. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna be no ties. We're gonna have clear-cut winners. But this year the winners are Mark Ingram, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Just turned 30 on the 21st. <laughs> <laughs> Julio Jones. For the Atlanta Falcons. Still 30. <laughs> Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs. Also 30 years old. Yep. <laughs> Which is crazy. Like now, once you turn 40 and you're talking about like 30 being old, you're like, oh, man, I was so young back then. Oh, I felt so good when I was 30. So good. So all these guys um, have now entered their 30-year mark over the hill. They're all winning the awards because they've all produced at high levels. Mark, they're all number ones at their position, essentially. Yep. And Travis Kelsey being number one overall. If you had to pick one guy here for your dynasty team going forward, who would it be? Because we all know why they're nominated. There's no need right. to talk about why they're in a nomination. They're over 30 and they're awesome. You know? But for the future, if you had to pick one of these 30-year-olds to have on your roster, who would it be? I'm going to go with you first, Matt. First, Matt. Man, I, I feel like Kelsey because it's just there aren't as many tight ends, and we always talk about that. Yeah. Um, so that, that, would, that would be why I picked him. I wanted to go Kelsey, but I think I'm going to stay Julio uh, just because I could see that cliff coming pretty quick for Ingram and Kelsey. I think that cliff is a little bit further away for Julio. So that's the only reason I would take him. I would still put Kelsey as well, Matt, uh, just because he is so dominant again in his position. Here he is again in 2019, something that I thought was going to kind of take a step back this year because of his age and because of all the surgeries more so than he has. And he still finished with almost – uh, 30 more points than number two guy, which is Zach Ertz, who, who's another guy that we thought would kind of take a step back. And those injuries from some of the guys that were top guys have really mm-hmm. opened that up. Right, right. And the, and the real reason that I, I was the person that voted for Mark Ingram, the real reason I put him here was because there was no shot he was winning any other category going <laughs> forward ever again. So I was just like, you get know, him let's, in. let's get Mark Lifetime Ingram Achievement in. Award. Exactly, basically. <laughs> All right, so our next award is going to be the biggest sell of the year. So who do we have as the biggest sell? And again, we have a three-way tie for first place. This here. was a hard one. This was hard. The winners are Derrick Henry. I wonder who that was. <laughs> Aaron Jones. And uh, Mike Evans. Yeah. So obviously I picked Derrick Henry just because he finished as running back seven overall. To me, this is peak value for him. I don't even see him finish as a running back one next year. Running back two, maybe probably high end, like running back 13, maybe squeaks in there again as like running back 12. I think it gets pushed back with some talent that didn't finish as high and some of these rookies. Um, so I just think, I don't think Derrick Henry's washed. I just think this is peak value for him and he'll never surpass this value again. That's why he's my uh, number one sell in the year because he's the guy I can sell and I think the returns would be way greater than the value. Uh, Matt, you picked Mike Evans. So, yeah, Mike Evans, obviously he's only 26 years old, but with the emergence of Godwin, um, first of all, he, he finished the, you know, the, the regular season, which is weeks one through 13, uh, as the wide receiver three. So, I mean, yeah, wide receiver three. So this is one of those things where, just like you said, this is, in my opinion, his peak value. I don't, I, it, and, and the person that was directly ahead of him was Godwin. And for a guy that, the for the the the, the inconsistency in his play, 
this year was was also really bothersome. He was either scoring forty or he was getting you like four or five points. Whereas as as Godwin like was very consistent, you know, was scoring you in the upper teens to mid to mid twenties throughout you know every week. Mike Mike Evans is getting you twenty. 45, 18, 0, 4.8, 10. He's just all over the map for me. And that's not the kind of player that I want in my lineup in particular. And I could see Godwin just taking the big step and kind of uh, kind of separating himself from Evans a little bit, and Evans kind of falling down the map a little bit. Yeah, when I first heard Evans as your nominee, I was like, whoa, okay, that's kind of odd. But then I, I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, Matt is kind of right here with everything kind of what you based it off. It. Not even more so like the inconsistency is – his body, his body style, which we've talked about before, and how sure. what makes him the number one receiver on there, and the fact that Chris Godwin has stepped up and been the number one receiver on that team. And if and what's most important is who cares what where you're on the team. What do you do for my fantasy team, which is number one fantasy option? Now, Mike Evans still finishes wide receiver number eleven on the year. Mike Evans is twenty six, so his value is there. So I like what Matt's saying is again, I everything I just said about Derrick Henry. It's like okay. You sell because this is peak value. Peak like value, this is, absolutely. You're not going to get any worse. And when you sell, it's not because you want to sell just to, you know, just get rid of them and get what you can. You want to sell for pieces you can get back. When I sell, when I say sell Derrick Henry, it's not one of those like sell for get whatever you Fire can. Sale. Get what you can. Right. I'm talking about getting like a top four pick in a 2020 draft. Right. Right. Absolutely. For Mike Evans, you're getting a top four pick in a 2020 draft plus absolutely. something. And, and and you said you know you said he was wide receiver 11. That's through the entire year yeah the regular season you could sell it hey during the regular season he was the third wide receiver three so you could even upsell that point that was one through 13 yeah so look what he look how i mean obviously he's only played third he's played one less game than him but yeah i mean that's how much he's dropped just in a matter of three weeks well he's been out yeah he's been out yeah so i mean he only played week 14 week 15 and 16 he was out so i still like mike evans a lot but if you if you want to go from that point of the cell um i can get behind that too as long as i'm getting like if I can flip like Mike Evans for Terry McLaurin plus, you know, mm-hmm. if I can get Terry McLaurin plus the twenty twenty first, I'm okay with that. If I can get, I have I have to get younger at receiver, and possibly get something back, or just get a receiver like I'm really infatuated with. Like if somehow I can get just DJ Moore straight up, you know, um, something along those lines. Right. And then Garrett, your biggest sell was Aaron Jones. Yeah, Aaron Jones is he falls right in line with kind of what we were talking here with with Evans. It's it's partly the consistency he's had three games this season where he's scored under five points and then he's had two more games where he was uh between five and ten points so five weeks there he really really killed you for somebody that was the number five overall running back on the season so if somebody is just looking at the at the the final numbers and shoot dude was number five overall in the season I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a top five rookie pick right now to to get the top five running back. That makes perfect sense. I'll do if you give me a top five pick in this class for Aaron Jones, I'll do that all day and twice on Sunday. I think this is probably his peak value, and I don't think I don't think he's going to see top five again. I don't mind that from value wise, peak value wise. I don't mind that either. Yeah, absolutely. You're, Matt's probably Jones' biggest proponent um, as well. But I again. Kind of goes back to what I said before about running backs, my fear feeling on it. Mm-hmm. Like unless you're one of these absolute locked in studs, everybody's always available in Dynasty. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not locked into any running back unless you're Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Chris, you know, like those that kind range. Dalvin yeah. Cook even. And, and all those guys have a price tag as well. You know, there's you're some just guys not actively shopping. I'm not guys. actively shopping those guys, but any running back, I'm actively shopping. And you're right. As a number five overall finish, if I can get which is probably a more reasonable pick four, five, 
all day. Because I'm just going to gamble. Because even Aaron Jones isn't locked in for next year. There's no, no guarantee. Not. There were times Jamal Williams looked just as good as Aaron Jones did. Now, I do think Jones is the superior back. But it's not like he looked so far and away better than Williams where it's like, it has to be his job anymore. We thought that at the beginning of the year. I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah, and this is probably something situation we're talking to a large crowd here because this is one time that we, we were telling people when, during the draft where everybody was drafting Jamal Williams really high. We're like, don't do it. Draft Aaron Jones and just wait. Draft sure. another player here. So it's all about timing and where their value is. That, it's, that's where all it's it is. It's a key to dynasty fantasy football. Yep. It's just it's like, it's like this. We compare it all the time, like the stock market. Buy yep. low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. And sometimes it's just what's a safe route? You know what I mean? We're, what's the safest route to sell here? Like, could the stock go up a little bit? Yeah, but like that stock's not going to last forever. Oh, you know, this isn't McDonald's. That was that was me preseason. You know, I loved Austin Hooper. I was telling people to buy Austin Hooper everywhere. Now I'm saying it's probably a decent time to sell Austin Hooper. There's a lot of uncertainty there. You know, it's not because I dislike Hooper now. It's just that's where the values are. Yeah, I see it. This is this is probably peak value for a guy like Aaron Jones as well. Um, definitely if, if Green Bay brings in another receiver this offseason, whether they draft a guy or sign a guy um, or get a tight end. If there's any other weapon out here, it's going to take away for from Aaron Jones' opportunity. Um, and it, who knows? They could absolutely just get a running back as well. So I like Aaron Jones a lot. I still think he's very, very talented. But even so, if Aaron Jones is a guy next year, I think that's a guy, like, next year could be his last well, year. And you talk about touchdown regression. He has 14 touchdowns on the season, which is a very, very high number. That could easily regress to seven or eight range, even just with the same amount of carries. Which is taken away from, you know, Devontae Adams' huge touchdown numbers year in and year out, which exactly. is what he's known for. He was known for it at Fresno State. He was known for it. His whole his whole career so far in the NFL. So obviously you're talking about major major uh, regression here for Aaron Jones, and I think he's a great sell candidate too. Um, if I didn't pick Derrick Henry, I think Aaron Jones would fall on the line of a great sell, which sucks because anytime you have the number five overall running back, these are decisions that are hard to make it in is. your roster. Like, what do you mean? Like, I just won a championship. I made a play like because of Aaron Jones. Like, this he's not only is like he's one of my running backs. He's my best running back I have because yep. he finishes running back five. Those are hard decisions to make sometimes, but I, I, I can't hammer on this enough. I think from this year is the running back position is, should always be the most fluid motion on it. You build around young receivers, you get the good tight end when you can. And then that running back position is the most fluid position on your team. They're always easy guys to trade for late in the season. You can got, grab guys like Raheem Mostert. Like we mentioned, you could have got Kenyon Drake at some point and he would have carried yep. you to championships as well. So it's just too fluid of a situation not to make a move like this. That's why my pick was a uh, running back. Your pick was running back and Matt's pick made sense because Matt's talking about a, a key first round high you're, second. You're going to get a pick. lot for him. Exactly. And it's, and it's a key. They're not a big time sell. If you're not getting much back for him. Yeah, These are all guys you can probably get something big time back for Matt's obviously, obviously the most, Surprisingly, even though he didn't finish as high as Aaron Jones, you probably get more for Derrick Henry think so. than you could Aaron Jones. I would think so. And Derrick Henry's also a free agent. They're most likely going to sign him, but yeah. he's also a free agent. So there is some risque there as well. Let's move on to the biggest buy now of the year. Biggest buy, uh, another three-way tie here. The winners of this year, biggest buy award are going to be Mike Williams from the Chargers, DJ Moore, the Panthers, and Terry McLaurin. For the Washington Redskins, all different votes. Again, here we all cannot agree on this award. Matt, you picked Mike Williams. I picked DJ Moore. Garrett, you picked Terry McLaurin. Let's start again with Matt, Mike Williams. Matt, Mike Williams. I mean, obviously, you know, this was a guy that we, at the beginning of the year, were were hyping up as a guy that, has, that was a potential breakout candidate. 
and he didn't live up to the expectations. I mean, let's just face it. I think um, he's down in like the 40s somewhere. I can't I think even. Last I checked, he was like 37. He was like right behind Odell or something like that. Uh, well, I'm I'm going weeks one through oh, gotcha. one through 13. He's he's at 44 gotcha. for the for those for that parameter, and. You know, a, a big part of the issue, I think, um, going in this year was was Philip Rivers in, you know, just inability to get the ball downfield. And that's that's the biggest part of Mike Williams games um, that I liked. And unfortunately, the, the news just broke like just prior to this show that Philip Rivers does indeed want to come back next year for 2020, which really kind of surprised me. And yeah, exactly. Uh, was kind of my take on that. But he is a free agent, so there's no guarantee that he'll be back. And even if he is back, I would imagine they're still going to draft a guy. Hearing and, a lot of Tua rumors. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to draft a guy either way. So for me, he's he's still a buy. I mean, even if it's not, even if next year is not his year, I do. I love the talent. He was my number one guy coming out that year at the wide re, wide receiver position, and I think he showed enough in flashes. Um, to, to keep me interested and, and have me have him still be a buy. And I have no problem with that. And it's, to me, that was like almost my Derrick Henry take because we've said it so many times. There were, there were people, they're like, oh, you guys said Mike Williams would be a wide receiver one. Okay, we were wrong. But that does not change. Again, this is not Matthew Berry. This is not redraft. Yes, he failed you for this year, right? He did not come through. He did not help you win a championship. But long term, I'm with Matt. I'm still buying Mike Williams. So if I can still yep. buy Mike Williams for cheaper than he was this offseason, I'm all about it. Me too. I picked DJ Moore. Now, DJ Moore is going to be the most expensive player we talk about almost throughout this list here. I mean, every player we mentioned, DJ Moore is a 22-year-old receiver that's going to finish the year. He finished the year right now, weeks 1 through 16, is wide receiver 12, which is a wide receiver 1. 22 with a, an abysmal quarterback situation with Kyle Allen this year. He just showed everything, why he was a high first-round pick, why he's so dynamic, why his route running, his hands, his explosiveness, his vision. It's all fantastic when he's only 22. And anytime you can get your hands on a guy like this, you got to tr- at least try. And no matter what the price tag is, like I would give 1-1 in 2020 for DJ Moore, which is crazy. You know, definitely get those good running backs, but I don't care how good that running back is because I'm getting a 22-year-old receiver. DJ Moore, to me, is one of these guys kind of like, as you like last year, he looked good, and then this year he looks really good. Finishes wide receiver ones at twenty two. He has now entered for me that tier of when you look at these receivers for the next five years, and we're looking Absolutely. at for wide receiver ones. DJ Moore is going to be on that list. Yep. And this situation get right, they get a good quarterback in there. Uh, even if they can't do come back healthy with Christian McCaffrey out there and Curtis Samuel, who I love, and they get another tight end. This is a wide receiver one. This is this is getting that guy. This is getting a guy like Antonio Brown right before Antonio Brown exploded. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be the wide receiver one overall for seven years straight, but I'm saying this guy is going to finish even higher than wide receiver 12 going forward. And this is a guy you're going to be able to put in your lineup week in, week out for seven years. Seven years. That, in the grand scheme of life, seven years is a long time, but when you say it, it doesn't sound like that bit. You know, like, oh, seven years. In dynasty fantasy football, that is eternity. Oh, absolutely. That is eternity to have one guy in your lineup year in, year out producing for you, a position that you never have to worry about drafting, never have to worry about trading for. You just put him in there, and you know he's locked in. He's good to go. Chris Godwin's under that category. You know what yeah. I mean? Chris Godwin could easily fall into this biggest buy as well, but 
to me, if I had to pick one, Chris Godwin or DJ Moore, I'd rather have DJ Moore, personally. But it's close. It's yep. it's really close. So Chris Godwin can be in this category too. So any of these young receivers, now I'll just take Moore because he's slightly younger. Anytime you have an opportunity to get a guy like Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, the guy you you nominated, Terry McLaurin, yeah, you got to seize those moments because that is just that is such a commodity and asset for your dynasty team that can't even put you put in honestly in the value. So somebody's like, what do you want for DJ Moore? What do you want for Chris Godwin? Like, I want your 2020 first and your 2021 first. Yeah. Is that crazy? Is that crazy to say 2020 first, say middle and a 2021 first? No, that's it. I wouldn't even get it done. What am I talking about? I say that's not crazy at all. That's not going to get it done. No, that's fine. Yeah. That's all for you throughout there and see where it gets you. But I ain't going to get it done. Somebody approaches me with a, the number three overall pick in the 2020 draft class and their first next year. And I'm like, no, dude. Now to be fair, be close. He falls into almost on like you have to like you have to overpay. You have to deeply overpay. Like like that. Like last year, two years ago, DeAndre Hopkins. If, if I'm giving up any young receiver, if somebody wants any young receiver for me, you have to pay more than what he is worth, like by a decent amount. I'm not because it's not worth it to just give it up to for a lateral move. No, like I need to be compensated and then well overcompensated for that player. Yeah, because these are players you don't give up. You, no. you don't give up. Yeah, they're, they're they're building blocks. They're 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 your foundation. Yeah, right. I like I hate when people when these players and they go, "Oh, this is peak value. You got to sell," which is weird because we talk about selling the stock market, but there's just some players you just don't trade. And there's a lot like Chris Godwin. You don't trade him, especially young wide receivers. Yep, I saw young tight end. I saw because somebody put out there like, "Oh, you got to trade Mike Thomas this year because this is peak value." Because he's never gonna, he's gonna, he's never gonna do this again. Well, yeah, he just broke the all-time receiving record for receptions. Of course, he's probably not gonna do it again. But you don't sell Mike Thomas. You don't sell DJ Moore. You, you don't sell, sell Chris you Godwin. You sell Mike Evans. You sell Mike. You Evans. sell Mike <laughs> Evans. You know what I mean? You just don't sell those guys. Like Terry McLaurin. Like you could sell Terry, but why? What? Like what do you for what? What are you doing? What are you good? If I'm selling, if I'm selling McLaurin, I want the 101 overall. And I probably want a little more like which, which no one will do that, but that's what I'm asking for. If you want to take him off my hands, you are going to have to make me a very happy man because I, because I'm not, I'm not willing to do it. Pry them out of your dead my lifeless fingers. Dead hands. <laughs> See for me, Terry, like if I have Terry McLaren, which I have a couple of shares, like if I need, like if I was good at receiver and I need to run back badly and that's me offer me the one, one, I would do it. Would you Uh-huh. straight up? I would try and maybe get his third two and get that three one two, but like if it, if it like it came down if, like push came to shove, like I'd be okay. If I'm advising somebody and it's just like I have no I have no stake in the game, then I probably would agree with that. But if it's if it's my team, like you have to overpay me to oh, get him. I'm the king of like for young guys, you have to overpay me. Yeah, like I'm not because I'm, I'm with you. Like why why like why? Right. Well, this is what he's worth. Like I don't care what he's worth to anybody else. I'm telling you what he's worth to my team. Right. Like. I said it before, like my original dynasty team, it's 16 years old. I've had Drew Brees as my starting quarterback for 16 years. 16 years, I've been rolling out the same quarterback year in, year out. So when draft day comes, like I just take quarterbacks when they're like value, which most of the time isn't there. So I'm just taking position players, yeah. which puts my team into being a team that has lots of good, young, talented positional players because I'm never like reaching for that quarterback because I don't need that position. Because that's what happens when you get into the second and third round. Like, lots of times, like, oh, I need a tight end. You know what I mean? Let me just take this guy. Even though he's not he's not the value there right. on the board. And why we always preach, take best player available. Because it puts you in a position to make trades down the road. And 
You have Terry. And I, I agree with that value, too, because I really like Terry McLaurin going forward. Definitely what we saw of Dwayne Haskins these last couple of weeks, too, taking a Looked big a step forward. Better. That pairing going forward is going to be a dynamite pairing for years to come. Get, get them some offensive linemen, and they'll be in good shape. Um, let's go with the biggest. Uh, not this, this is the fall off the cliff award, which means we believe this player will never be relevant again, which is funny because we have actually have a winner on this. Hey. The winner uh, the fall off the cliff award is Marlon Mack with the two out of three votes going to Marlon Mack. I picked Alshon Jeffrey, but I like your guys' Marlon Mack's pick um, because I agree. I feel like he will be a uh, fall off a cliff. I mean, I, I think we beat this one to death a little bit, you know, as far now as. Now we're just push him off the cliff. Now we're just going to push him off the cliff. <laughs> he's already he's dead. Already dead. Just, just not keep push, rolling. Roll him off the cliff. <laughs> he's just a one-dimensional he's guy. He's in a rug. <laughs> He's a one-dimensional guy that doesn't catch passes, and, and you know, obviously, uh, they've got a ton of money to spend in free agency. I think the the most in the entire league. So Hello, they can, Melvin Gordon. Exactly, they can go the free agent. Two route. second round picks as well, and they've got a, they're loaded up with draft capital as well. So this is this is definitely an area that we could see them addressing. Yeah, dude, the they're going to get a really good running back in the second round. They 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 buy, or they can even look at like, dude, we're just going to take. Uh, we're going to take a running back in the first because we have two seconds. We have two seconds. And it's an early second, too. It's like top five in the yeah. second round. So whoever, like, that's a good spot, man. And he's a guy that doesn't catch passes. So if there's a, a true three down back that catches passes and Which everything. several in this he, class. Yeah, he just basically doesn't have a role then. He's, no. ju- he's just a, a backup scrub type of guy who might be inactive on game days because he doesn't do special teams or anything. like. So it, it, who His knows? best case is like he right. comes somewhat like Jordan, Jordan Howard. The best case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a situational match with a guy. But, yeah, to me, it's just – and it's what sucks because, like, on tape, to me, the clear number one running back still, I haven't dug into this, is DeAndre Swift. That's my number one. With a lot of guys close. You know, you got mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins. You got Jonathan Taylor. You got Cam Akers. You got um, Travis Etienne. Yeah. But like, this draft is going to switch it up. It's like, as we just said, don't let draft status uh, change anything. <laughs> but they're all close enough is what it is. It's right. not like they're anything drastic. They're the same drastic. tier. So – the Chiefs running back, the Colts running back, like that's that's a bump. But to also be fair, there's multiple good teams as that well. It, it's so, going to be interesting to see how all of that shakes out. I'm very interested. Like I can't wait. I'm so. Excited. It's, it's going to be one of those things where like the rookie rankings after the NFL draft really change things up. Right? Like oh, for yeah. most years, like it doesn't change too much. You know what I mean? Some a lot of times you get some guys drop because of where they landed or they fall. But for the most part, our rookie rankings don't change drastically. This year, it could. They're probably going to change. Just because they're all so good and all so close together. There's not as big of gaps as we saw last year where there was large gaps in between talented yeah. players. Biggest rebound player of the year. And then we're going to cap it off with all the position awards, which will be quick. We don't have to really yeah, go into these ones. Easy. The biggest rebound player of the year award, we are going to go. Um, now, the rebound is going to be rebound next year. Now, it's not come back. So who we look to see rebound next year to get back to their old form? A three-way tie. Garrett, you had Jared Goff. I had Odell Beckham Jr. Matt, you had Alvin Kamara. Um, let's start there with Alvin Kamara. You just figure he, fi- he did finish his running back eleven, right? Right. Year. Yeah. So it's so it's not like oh he he completely fell off a map, but I, I think he, the, there's a lot more to his game, and I could see him back up in that top five. Was was really all I, you know the reasoning I, I put him on here. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I I completely agree. I'll be interested to see what they do. Uh, I w- I would assume Latavius Murray will be back. He'll still be involved, but it was a it was a really weird season for for them with with Drew Brees being out and then Alvin Kamara was also banged up. 
getting all of those pieces working together, it, it can be tough to do at times. And, and we're finally starting to see now Alvin, Kam- Alvin Kamara had a good week this week, bounce back. Um, so it, it's, it's good to see. I do think he returns back to pretty much normal value. And, and one of the bigger things is um, the dude had two touchdowns, one receiving and one on the ground up until this past when week. When he had two right. touchdowns. When he had two touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, you, 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 positive regression. you have to expect that to bounce back. There's no way. And he missed a chunk of the season, obviously, right there in the middle. Great buy, Cannon, too. You could have made him the biggest buy. Like he would have For fit, sure. He, like, he would have fit right into that biggest buy, even though, like, we have um, a guy like T.J. Morris. Oh, he's really expensive. I, I could have put T.J. Alvin Kamara finishes running back 11, right in the same spot. I mean, the same argument. Um, they're going to young, talented running back in a dome offense. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good running back for years to come. Yep. So probably not as long as DJ Moore, but just because it's still a great buy cannon. So let's get in here. Um, the positional awards, we have the best tight end, our, the number one tight end of the year, QB, wide receiver, running back, and then the MVP of the fantasy year to cap, that all, cap this off. Tight end is the only one where we all differed. Mm-hmm. We were that, unanimous on all the other Every ones. other pick was literally unanimous. We all had the same player, which is easy, and I'm sure you guys will all have the same two here. But at tight end, we had Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Tyler Higby. Yeah, mine was mine was kind of the weird one. The, my reasoning for it was is people were desperate for a tight end at the end of the season. There was a bunch of injuries. Hooper was injured and just coming back. Everett, who probably people were using on some of their teams, had just gone down for the Rams. Uh, Ingram had been banged up in and out. Olsen got a concussion. or uh, Was it a concussion? I think it was a concussion. Either way, he was out as well. So, like, the tight end landscape was really, really rough. And it was like, uh, I guess I'm going to have to pick up and start Tyler Higby. And that was starting in, like, week 11, 12, right before your playoffs. Well, since then, he's had four straight 100 receiving yard games. Only f- he's the fourth tight end to ever do have that many 100 yard receiving games in a row. Um, so to do that during your fantasy playoffs, he probably won some teams their titles. We used to pick up, and that's in a redraft league, so I get that. But uh, the right on the wall should have been when we announced his tight end extension. It was getting top like top eight tight end money. That should have been the buy moment there in this offense. And then once we saw early that Brandon Cooks was kind of like taking a step back, it should have been another buying opportunity there. Even though Gerald Everett was the guy and. For the award for being like the number one, like the bet, like the number one dynasty tight end, I get, I, I can see where you're going with it because he's taking a big step forward. It's kind of why like I picked George Kittle. George Kittle wasn't the number one dynasty tight end. I mean, he played less games than a lot of. He missed three games, mm-hmm. but to me, the reason I picked George Kittle was that he, to me, he solidified himself this year. After last year, we all loved him, and I was like, oh, I'm moving to my number one dynasty yeah. tight end. I feel like this year solidified George Kittle yeah. to me as the number one dynasty tight end. Like that's no fluke. Like he's the guy. Like he is Rob Gronkowski going forward, but yep. more athletic, right? So he is somebody that's going to be a top end tight end for years and years to come in that Kyle Shanahan offense because Shanahan's not going anywhere. So I was looking at this more of like a dynasty mm-hmm. like out, outlook to me, and to me that's why George Kittle was tight end of the year. And obviously Matt picked Travis Kelsey because he was. Literally, I, I would. I was dominant. just looking at. Yeah, I was just looking at tight end of the year. He did the best. Um, uh, and it, and it's he's been doing it for so long. He's so consistent, and he's a difference maker at the position. He's the biggest difference maker at the position, which is why I picked him. And I like I like the arc of that award because we have the fresh coming Tyler Higby, who who's who's a really good buy and go get because he's probably going to be the tight end on that team for years. Well, not probably. He signed a big extension. He signed like, that extension. He could be, Gerald I mean, talking about a great buy. Tyler Higby could be a real, I mean, again, we talk about all the time how important it is to have one of these elite tight ends. Well, 
Tyler Rigby is probably about to enter his name into that category. I would go out and get him because he could probably still be had. You're not getting George Kittle. Like, you're not. It's just you're not getting him. Tyler Higby could probably still be had, and there's no reason for me to see him take a step back. There's none. George Kittle, you know, fresh face, the new the new the number new one, and, just, and then Matt has just literally the best tight end in football when it comes to fantasy production. QB of the year, this was a no-brainer. Easy. Lamar Jackson, I mean, the guy is rushing for over 1,200 yards. He's throwing touchdowns. He's doing it all. Last year, it's Pat Mahomes. This year, it's Lamar Jackson. Both are great guys to own. Who's it going to be in 2020? We don't know. But if you had to pick one, who's going to score more points in 2020, Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes? It's so tough. Hmm. I, I still lean Pat. I have Pat one, Lamar two right now. And Superflex, I have Pat one and Lamar two. I think it's a little bit more sustainable with Patrick Mahomes as well. Okay. So, again, cut and dry. What a year. Going to win NFL MVP. Very well deserved. Yep. Dynamic player. Um, kind of like what we talked about during his rookie breakdown, like what he could do for you because of like the Mike, Rick, the Mike Vick reasoning. He's done that and even more because his arm's gotten significantly better. This is really a guy... Is. I mean, if you have, again, when we talk about untradeable, if you're in Superflex, Lamar Jackson's untradeable. Yep. Like, there's nothing you're offering. Like, unless you're offering me Pat Mahomes, and then even then, I want to probably, I probably want like something, like a second. You know, like, you know, there's don't, nothing. Don't even bother knocking. Don't even bother knocking. Don't even bother showing on the door. Don't even put your greasy fingers on my doorknob. All right. Cause I don't want to clean that. I don't know where you've been. I don't know if you, I don't know if you white, white washed your hands after you pooped. I don't know that. All right. That's why, that's why knuckles. Right? I don't know where your hands have been. Look at your hands, Gary. Little nasty boy over there. <laughs> Wide receiver of the year, Michael Thomas. Again, another unanimous, easy decision here. Yep. You know, this is a guy who not only broke the reception records, and again, so over, chances of him doing this again are going to be slim to none. Right. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who finished right now. It's a third overall fantasy score, weeks one through 16. Anytime you have a receiver outscoring all the run at quarterbacks but one, that is extremely hard to do. That is like Randy Moss level right there. Right, and, and I don't think the point is that he's ne- you know that he's going to break this record again. Is he going to be a, the one the one, the wide receiver one again? Very possibly. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's like an easy thing to to, to predict. This this isn't a fluke. This goes back to what Garrett said earlier in the show about situation. Garrett's line he's lined up across the best quarterback I've ever seen. Right, in Drew Brees, and, and you got to remember that. He wasn't all season. Teddy Bridgewater was in there for a large chunk of this season, a large and, and he was still still, produced. Month. Exactly. still produced. Exactly. Mike route. Mike Thomas's point of the catch ability, route running, is, is unher- Like his his Contested Twitter handle is can't guard Mike, and it's a hundred percent true. He's the number one overall dynasty receiver, hands down, mm-hmm. non debate. Which is funny because it changes all the time. <laughs> But right now, we, he's the new number one. It's a fluid situation. If you're starting doing a startup, it's going to be Mike Thomas. Like, yep. he's the guy. So, Mike Thomas here. Look for him. Again, just send that big extension. He's somebody you're going to put in your lineup for the next four to six years and come away a championship contender year in, year out, if you put the pieces around him. Running back of the year, again, no-brainer, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the number one overall fantasy producer, weeks one through 16. He outscored Lamar Jackson by... 46 points. Uh, that says a lot. That's that enough. That's in a four point per touchdown. Though, four right? point per touchdown. Yeah. So uh, Christian McCaffrey, no brainer passing touchdown. Sorry for, you the, know, for the quarterbacks. If you're doing a dynasty startup and you're looking at who you're taking one, one, 
it's between Saquon and Christian. Uh, you, you can't go wrong. There's no wrong answer there. Yeah. You come away a winner. But no need to go into why he was a 1-1. Right. It's clear. He's the number one overall scoring player, which brings us to our MVP of the year. Same player, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you got a player here. What what Lamar Jackson did this year, almost like what Pat Mahomes did before the 50 touchdowns, was just unheralded. You know I mean, it's, it's insane that the rush for 1,200 yards, throw for a decent amount of touchdowns to be a quarterback, and Christian McCaffrey is just that guy who averages 30 points per game. His average is 29.9 points per game. Unreal. He is somebody that averages 30 points per game. Unreal. He's the kind of player that single-handedly walks you to the playoffs. Your team's not even that good. He's a trickster. Doesn't matter. He'll trick you because he thinks your team's better than his. He single-handedly walks you to the playoffs. That's how good he is. If you have Christian McCaffrey and your team does not make the playoffs, well, you got a lot of bad players around them. Because <laughs> when you're getting 30 points per game, on an average... What it, on, a, on an average PPR league, a good week, if you score 120 points, you're winning most weeks, right? That's you a, should, yeah. It's a good week. That's 20, He's scoring 25% of your weekly totals. 25%. That's MVP material. The dog over there? Yeah. Snoring? Yep. God, damn, sometimes you got to bring your dogs to the podcast studio. Let her <laughs> be. She's old. Let her be. <laughs> so, hands down, Chris McCaffrey, the MVP of the year. Hopefully, if you won a fantasy championship, you're waking up today and you're a fantasy football champion, dynasty fantasy football champion. Uh, probably a lot of you have Christian McCaffrey on your roster. So kudos to you. Kudos to everybody. It was a fun year. 2019 Absolutely. was a very fun year. We will be off next week. Um, just with the you know, with New Year's Eve being on a Tuesday, Christmas Eve this year, recording this on a Monday being on a Tuesday. We're just going to take the week off. Nothing's going to change drastically here in Dynasty. Enjoy it. Enjoy the holidays. Whatever holiday you do spend, whether it be Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, any holiday that you spend, enjoy it. Celebrate with the ones that you love. Um, take a, you know, spend time. A lot of people are a lot off work this time of year too. Take a look at your dynasty. Ten, to spend this time. You know, what do I need to do to improve for this 2020 season? Because this 2020 season is going to be a fun ride. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to crush some tape. I'm Ooh. crushing tape this whole off se- this whole next two weeks too. Because yeah. when we get back, we're gonna get back into it. We're gonna start. Get, we're gonna start doing this way 2020, way too early mock draft. So look for that to drop the first of the year. It's gonna be our first episode I, back. I was literally cutting up a guy this morning. We don't even have him on the film room yet. It's the first video we have of him. I'm like, nobody's talking about this kid. He's really good. Yeah, I like him. Oh, you got his name? You want to drop it yet, or you want to hold it? I kind of want to hold it for a moment. Maybe I'll tell you guys off air. But okay. I'm going right. to hold on to it for a moment. But he'll be up in the film. The yeah. Film well, yeah. If, you, if you're a Nerd Herd member, you'll figure it out real quick. All right. Yeah. It's a good reason to join Nerd Herd right there just because you get the film room. So there's no better way to start your 2020 season off. Again, this is going to be the most, one of the most important years in Dynasty Fantasy Football history, this 2020 season. Players changing in this rookie class is going to be team, team defying, team changing. Yep. And, if you become the Nerd Herd member, which is the Dynasty Nerds exclusive membership here, it, it's literally two ninety nine a month. People tell us all the time, like that's too cheap. Like I'd pay more for this, but that's not the reason we did it. We didn't do this. You know, we've never done Dynasty Nerds to become rich off, and we do it out of the passion for Dynasty. Yep. We use that two ninety nine because that's how much it costs to pay for the videos, how much it costs to pay our writers to keep the website going for the podcast. That's that's why we do it. What was it take? So for the price of two ninety nine a month. Not only you get what Garrett talked about, the nerd, the nerd herd dynasty film room, which is literally any rookie you want to watch, it's a cut up of their games. And you yep. can watch every play that they play. It puts you in the best spot to actually put your eyes on these rookies and see what you like and what you don't. And so what we're going to use to talk about this offseason in, in our podcast. And again, you get that extra podcast. You know, we're going to do two while we're off, where you will still get your nerd herd 
episode we're gonna, this yeah, week we're and next week. We're still the Nerd episode. So, um, you know, when we do our rookie breakdowns this year, they've always been down on the regular podcast. This year, it's going to be half. It's going to be on the free episodes. Half are going to be nerd herd. So if you want our rookie breakdowns, which is what we've strived at for six years straight, you got to become a nerd herd member. You get our exclusive rankings, tools, film room. It's literally the best $3 you'll ever spend uh, in your life as a dynasty fantasy football player. That's one thing I can promise you. Uh, so please join up today. You'll, you'll, you'll be happy with it. If you don't like it, quit. It's only help, three bucks. Help support your favorite podcast. Yeah. Right. Honestly, that's probably the best way to put it. Like, if we're like, dude, just give us three bucks a month so we keep doing the podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, you should do it just to literally support the podcast. Even if you don't even use a nerd nerd, just support things you like. I have podcasts that I love that I subscribe to because I literally just want to support the podcast because I like it that much. I don't want it to go away, you know? Right. Yep. Um, so hopefully we see you guys all as nerd members in 2020. Until then, we'll talk to you in 2020. I hope everybody has a very great holiday. Hope everybody stays safe, healthy. Love your loved ones. Have a very happy new year. We'll see you next year. Happy holidays. Adios. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. 